Welcome everyone, live from CRC Melton in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Melton Live on Live FM. My name is Erin and my co-hosts today are Izzy and Alyssa. Hi. Hi. Our special guest today is Erica Johnstone, who is a nurse and is also my mum. Hi, mum. Hi, my beautiful daughter. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Jim. Thank you for having me today. So today we're going to be talking about what it's like being a nurse, especially in the pandemic as well, and who, who, what, one, why. <laughs> so to start off, what made you want to become a nurse, Erica? Well... It was something that I was always interested in. When I was in year seven, my grandfather was diagnosed with a brain tumour and I saw all the amazing care that he uh, received at Royal Melbourne Hospital. And back in those days, we had the Melton local hospital and he was transferred there and actually um, died there. And I thought to myself, oh, this is amazing. I really want to do this. So I ended up um, doing another degree after I finished high school because um, People said to me, you can do something better than nursing. So I did a Bachelor of Arts degree and I've got a degree in political science and sociology and film and media. And then when I finished that course, I said to myself, I still want to be a nurse. So I just enrolled in another course. You really dipped your toes in every pool. <laughs> I did. So I did six years of undergraduate um, education and then my um, graduate program at Ballarat Health Services yep. and became a nurse. What's your favourite part of being a nurse? Meeting different people. My family will always joke when I'm at the supermarket, you talk to everybody, mum. But I just think that people are so interesting. Um, everybody has their own journey um, and their own experiences in life and I just really love talking to people and being with them. So what area of nursing do you work in? So when I started out nursing, I um, worked in many areas um, but ended up really enjoying um, oncology and palliative care. The funny thing was when I was a student, I remember going to my lecturer and asking them, let me go to any clinical placement, but not where someone has cancer. I'm going to be too scared to speak to them. I don't know what to say. And then I looked after somebody on a medical ward who was dying from liver cancer. And I was just so amazed at how um, we were able to provide that person with dignity and, and help them um, with their pain. And I thought to myself, what were you so afraid of? And then that ended up being my specialty area. So um, I was a um, palliative nurse consultant um, for many years and um, now I am a nurse educator at um, a tertiary institution, Mama Lectra. What's your, what, like, what are all the different kinds of nursing, oh. all the different fields? <laughs> See, when, my students ask me this now and it is an amazing profession because 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you find work. You can work in the community, um, looking after people in their homes who can't get out and they might need help with their dressings or their diabetes. Um, you can be an educator. You can work in paediatrics. Any aspect of the lifespan, any area where there is a human that may need support, be it mental health or um, general physical health, you can work as a nurse. Outback, rural, metropolitan, Overseas, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> How has like the pandemic and COVID affected nursing and mm, great that question. Area? When the pandemic um, first started, I was working in education and so we were organising all of our clinical placements for our students to go out. Um, and it did delay a few clinical placements because we didn't know back then we had no vaccination. So all clinical placements were cancelled, um, which left students knowing that they desperately wanted to get out there and help and they were very close to graduating 
but they couldn't graduate until they had all completed all their clinical hours. So it was um, clinical partners were amazing with um, getting our students back in to help as soon as possible. Um, but I think what's happened really when I look at the profession is just exhaustion, absolute pure exhaustion. And um, humans and nurses are humans and they get sick and they get COVID and they get long COVID. And so it's been impacting us as well um, and reducing workforce. Um, With regards to palliative care, um, the thing that's really broken my heart um, during the pandemic is when we were having our lockdowns, we were, you may have seen on the news that there were some states um, where people weren't able to fly from, say, Brisbane to Melbourne to see their mother who was dying. Yep. Um, and they weren't able to say goodbye. They did it via Zoom. They did it via phone calls. And that's going to have a flow-on effect of what we call complex grief, um, where obviously people grieve when somebody dies, but that not being able to say goodbye the way they wanted to and be with them causes much more complex grief. And um, as nurses, as palliative care nurses, we were using our own mobile phones um, for people to say goodbye to their family members and when you were walking out of a hospital, there would be families in the car park asking us, you know, can I touch your hand? You were the last one that touched my mum. And that's just that's just an extraordinary um, yeah. relationship to have with, with other humans and something that is very sad, uh, very special part of, of, of my experience as a nurse. But um, moving forward, I think we really need to make sure that there's people with people when they're dying, even though there is a COVID and um, yeah. health guidelines. Yeah. yeah. So what challenges do you face as a nurse? Challenges. Plenty. <laughs> um, all ex- of the above. Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> Everything I've already spoken about. Um, exhaustion. Um, but I think, I guess one of the challenges that students, new nurses are asking me about a lot is how do you not let it get to you? How do you not... Um, get exhausted how do you not um make let it take an emotional toll yeah on your life and I think the the important thing there and this is what I teach all my students is that um you need to talk we need to communicate with each other we need to make sure that we have a safe collaborative um team peers um and you need to find your tribe of people and and talk to them and debrief with each other um because there's some things that we see that are that are pretty confronting um and they do bleed into your personal life sometimes. But there is a thing called compartmentalising where we um, you do learn over, over many years that this is work, this is home. Um, but obviously, as I said before, we are human yep. and we have emotions and you do bring it home. But you need to make sure that you um, remain true to yourself and do the things that you like um, and still be yourself. So I need to still be Erica, still be a mum, um, you know, enjoy the things that I like, enjoying swimming, those sorts of things, and they help you a lot. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Melton Live on Live FM, live from CRC Melton, Melbourne, Australia. My name is Erin and my co-hosts today are Izzy and Alyssa. Hi. Hi. Our special guest today is Erica, who's also my mum and is a nurse. So what, like... Doctors, they've always kind of been around in different sorts of ways and historically they've always been males. How has nursing evolved in any way historically? 
But we always have a bit of a joke and we say, oh, gosh, I don't know, Flo would have liked it like this. Florence Nightingale. And we talk about Florence Nightingale and um, she was what we know as one of the first nurses that um, she became a nurse during the Crimean War um, and, and began the process of nurses have a role um, and they can work alongside doctors. And as um, the profession has evolved, we talk about multidisciplinary team approaches where we have nurses, physiotherapists, social workers, doctors. We all work together to have a patient-centred focus and um, basically evolved into a profession that, that supports the person holistically and their family. How do you like? How do you think it could have been, like with COVID, how do you think it could have been changed, like better ways to... Mm go along with what happened, like made things easier for people and mm. less like confusing and complicated? COVID was really hard and it when we look back now we've got the 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 privilege of history. So we can now look back and say, Oh, we should have done that differently. We should have done that differently. But at the time it was all new to us. We hadn't had a pandemic like that since the Spanish flu back in nineteen oh one. And in some ways we were prepared scientists knew that there would be something and we need to prepare ourselves but I don't think clearly by everybody throwing toilet paper at each other and fighting in Woolworths (laughs) clearly we weren't ready um the hunger games so yeah it literally was um and I think the healthcare system I mean in Australia I've, I've been around the world and we are very very lucky in Australia with our healthcare system but in saying that we could also say that our healthcare system is sick um itself it's exhausted. Um, we don't have enough um, resources. We, thank goodness we're getting the big hospital coming and built in Melton. That's long overdue. Um, so I think we need more staff. We need increased education. For example, we had a lot of um, a lot of cases in aged care, and I think that it's important that we continue our education. It's a, it, we must continue our education ongoingly to maintain our registration. But I think that we saw that there was a real deficit there, that, um, you know, simple things of hand hygiene and, and, and um, you know, wearing um, protective equipment, et cetera, reduced um, the cases before we had vaccines. So um, looking back now, if I could, I'd say education increased work start, workforce so what um, what is the process of becoming a nurse? Okay, great question. So um, I'm not 100% sure about prerequisite subjects for year 12. Um, obviously English and maths, I think, is it? And, some, yeah. and a science is what it was when I started. Biology, I think. Yeah. But yeah. because also because the new VCE mm-hmm. is coming in now with the mix of VCAL, it's also probably going to change. Right. So um, obviously there's a particular ATAR that you need to get. Um, now ATAR scores, they – when you're in high school, they're everything. They, you think that an ATAR score is the be-all and end-all of life and um, it is because it gets you into university. But once you're in university, nobody will ever ask you ever again what... Your ATAR is. Correct. Um, now, ATAR scores generally are higher if you're going to apply to a, a university that's a metropolitan. They're a little bit lower to in rural universities because some people don't like going and travelling rurally. Yep. 
Um, and then you need to undertake a three-year undergraduate Bachelor of Nursing course. Once you've completed that, um, you then um, apply for a graduate nurse program and you do that for one year in a hospital. And then after that, um, you are out there on your own um, and you can specialise in whatever area you want. Globally, from your personal experience, how do you think Australians, Australia's healthcare system with nurses especially differs? I think that we're extremely lucky in, in Australia. Like I said, there's definitely room for improvement, absolutely. But um, there is a lot of support. We recognise deficits. We recognise that we, we have um, improvements that are required and we, we absolutely support um, education. We're definitely exhausted as nurses. Um, we definitely need more. Um, and the workforce is ageing, okay? So what we mean is there is there was a high intake of nurses when I started nursing, I'm 51, so I'm not at retirement age yet, but we're heading in that direction. So we know that some nurses are, are retiring earlier because of the pandemic um, and they're just exhausted. So I think we really need to increase workforce um, and support and debrief for staff as well. Following up with like before, how you said that nurses didn't really like the healthcare system didn't know how to take COVID. Mm. Do you think that doctors and nurses should take like a special course that can help them like keep clean and like mm -hmm. make patients safe? Absolutely. Great question. So um, when the um, pandemic hit, we tried very, very hard to make sure that we um, provided as much education as we possibly could. And we actually, at our university, um, we worked very hard with the Department of Health and we created a um, some online COVID for nurses learning packages. And they were online learning that nurses could do quickly um, and, and learn as much as we could as we ourselves were learning about what COVID was. Um, and that was changing, as I'm sure you all know, hour yeah. by hour, um, the information that we were getting through. So it definitely demonstrated that we absolutely need to maintain our education. And when we register with APRA, which is our registration body, we actually have to um, state that we have completed a certain amount of hours of ongoing education every year. It's compulsory. If you don't do that, you can't be registered. So what is some advice you would give to new nurses out there? The best advice I'd give to new nurses out there is to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, you don't need to know everything, okay? You don't need to know everything. Um, you just need to know where to ask for help, okay? And it's absolutely vital that if you are feeling like you're drowning or if you're feeling like you're just not coping, that you, you state that and you, you reach out to your colleagues and ask for support and let them know. Um, and I think that's true in life, okay? If you're struggling with anything in life, there's help. And you need to just be strong enough to ask for it. And I find that nurses, all the nurses I've worked with, amazing, amazing friendships, lifelong friendships and more than willing to help support support the young nurses coming through. So absolutely ask for help if there's any young nurses out there. Um, reach out to, to everybody because we'd love to support you. We need you. We're tired. We need, <laughs> we need you out there. So the please don't, of nurses. don't yeah. come to the, to the profession and then say, oh, gosh, this is terrible. Please stay. We need you. We're going to retire soon. <laughs> what do you think is the most <clears throat> difficult thing of being a nurse? Like what's the most difficult part of it? 
Um, in any field. Yeah, I think it's different for everybody um, what people find. But, um, and like, you know, some people might say it's the shift work or um, it's the connections with people. Um, for me, what's difficult about nursing? I just love it so much. It's it's who I am as well as me being Erica. Um, what's difficult? All of it. Probably all of it. I don't see but the good outweighs. Yeah, that. I don't see it as difficult. I see it as extraordinary, and I just think there is absolutely no better profession. There, I mean, to be the last face, to be the last hand that somebody holds when they're dying, out of all the people they have met in the world, the last or the first. That's it. You see, you're the first that somebody sees when they're born, and the last when somebody dies, and. Wow, what a gift. It's it's extraordinary to to be able to make those connections with people and we're total strangers and and they're relying on us so much when they when they're vulnerable and um I just I love nursing. I can't imagine doing anything else. What's your like favorite field of nursing? Um it has to be palliative care. <laughs> it has to be palliative care. Um like I said before, I, I and I say this when I'm when I'm teaching, um I was terrified of of working with people who are dying, but palliative care um, absolutely love it. Um, it's a very special place um, and the assessments that you, you need to be able to undertake um, are very complex. Um, communicating with people, um, a huge um, knowledge of pharmacology and medications um, and, and how we identify pain and the different types of pain and pain pathways just absolutely love palliative care. If I'm doing something else, I'll always in the back of my mind think, what's happening in palliative care right now? I really need to go. <laughs> have you worked in any other fields of nursing? Yes, I have. There was a time, and this is important, actually this might be one of the difficulties of nursing, recognising um, when you may be burnt out. Um, so, yes, there was a time when I was working in palliative care and I was feeling um, burnt out. And um, I knew that I had to do something, but often change is hard and identifying that you need a break is also hard. But wonderful thing about nursing, I um, went and worked in special care nursery and I went to the other end of the lifespan and started working with babies for two years and that was amazing as well. <laughs> so I love that as well. So I've worked in emergency department, I've worked in ICU, um, I've worked in theatre, always fun working in theatre. I know you all watch Grey's Anatomy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gotten Izzy into Grey's Anatomy. She yes. loves. Oh well, she'd it. love Grey's Anatomy because her name's Izzy. Um, <laughs> um, and so yeah, um, gosh, so, yeah, I've worked in pediatrics, um, pediatric palliative care. Very very special place to work. Um, very sad when when children are unwell and, and dying, um, but. I've worked in just about every area you could possibly think of um, and, and I've even t been able to be fortunate enough to take students overseas and work in um, Vanuatu and Santiago in Chile um, and to just have a look at the different healthcare systems and how lucky we are in Australia. With palliative care, mm. just for the viewers who might not know out mm. there, what does that job consist of? Yeah, great question. So palliative care um, is end-of-life care. Now that doesn't... and Often I think people think that palliative care is in the last days or hours of life, but it, it is um, if you have been diagnosed with a life-limiting illness, you're eligible to be looked after by palliative care specialists. So that means that, you know, you could have <clears throat> motor neurone disease, for example. It's not just cancer. 
and you may have some symptoms of shortness of breath or those sorts of things and we can assist with symptom management um, and then the person can go home and, and they can live another 12 months, another two years. But we need to be there to make sure that they have a good quality of life and that we manage their symptoms. So the word palliative itself, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means symptom management. And that's basically what we do in palliative care. If you could describe nursing as the occupation in three words, what words would you use? Extraordinary. Exciting. Um tough yeah if with nursing I think that it's a very touching job Mm. like like you really touch people's hearts and I think that's why people do you think that people choose nursing as an occupation because they get to go home knowing that they've helped people in that day absolutely there's definitely students that I speak to now that say I just want to help people and we, all, we try to assist them with their job interviews um, when, they, when they're going for their graduate programs and we need to say to them, that's great, but come up with something a little bit more exciting in your answer. We absolutely like to help people and I think you wouldn't have be a nurse if you weren't empathetic and wanted to assist and, and help people. Um, that's definitely one of the reasons and you do go home feeling like you've, you've absolutely um, made a difference in someone's life and obviously that makes us feel, feel good as well. Do you... So doctors and nurses, they're similar but not the same. Do you mm-hmm. think it takes two different kinds of people to be a nurse compared to a doctor? Mm, what a great question. There's a lot of misogyny, is that the right well, word, between there, nurses and doctors? There can be, but I, I would say these days now, when I started out nursing last century, um, <laughs> <laughs> possibly, um, but now I, I have to say that the multidisciplinary teams that I work with, the doctors are amazing. We all respect and rely on each other's specialty knowledge. So a lot of doctors will say, you've been looking after this patient all day, Erica. You know how they're going. I come in, I speak to them. But what are they like after they've eaten? What are they like during the night when they can't sleep? Tell me more about those symptoms. Paint a picture for me. And so we really do rely on each other and respect what each other have got to offer. And I think that um, nursing definitely has moved and healthcare has moved, especially in our country, to, to definitely being the whole person, a holistic approach. And that includes the family, loved ones. It's not just about the person who's unwell being the patient. It's everybody. If you could tell yourself, your younger self, your younger nurse self, Mm. one thing now, what would it be? Know the exit route. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, um, like nursing's amazing, but unfortunately um, it can also be um, extremely difficult. And I know you did ask me this question before about what the most difficult thing is. Um, and I was um, hurt at work. I was assaulted by um, a patient and um, a family member that was um, intoxicated, which unfortunately led to me um, needing back surgery and um, having to have some discs um, removed from my back. And seven years ago, I was walking with a four-wheel frame and thinking to myself, I'm not going to be a mother. I think Erin can remember coming to see me in hospital. And I went down to Paul Sadler Swimland when I got out of hospital and basically fell into the pool because I couldn't get into it and just walked up 
up and down in the water to try and get my strength back. And I thought, what am I going to do with myself? I'm never going to be a nurse. I'm not going to be a mother. So I had those physical aspects um, to deal with. And then obviously the ongoing mental and emotional um, post-traumatic stress of, of what happened. And I think as a young nurse, and I tell all of my students this now, don't get yourself in a situation where you can't physically remove yourself. So if you're in a big room of people or if you're uh, working as a community nurse and you're in someone's house, make sure that you know how you came into the house and how to get out in case of an emergency. If you're visiting someone as a community nurse member, don't park in their driveway because you might get trapped in their driveway by another car and you can't leave park in the street. So those sorts of simple things about risk assessment, um, I would absolutely um, ensure that there's a very high focus on that and to understand the importance of keeping yourself safe in the job. With um, with <coughs> violence against mm. workers, especially nurses, mm. how do you think it has improved mm. now compared to the past? Oh, awesome question. So we recently, when I say recently, within the last five years, we now actually have a law um, because paramedics were getting assaulted um, and they still are. Um, and look, all emergency services face this, police. Um, but there, look, there definitely is some a lot of violence against nurses, particularly in emergency departments when people come in and they're drug affected, alcohol affected. So there are there is a law now that um, people actually can be charged with a criminal offence of um, you know, assaulting a health professional. Um, so that's definitely improved. And I think just talking about it, you may have seen ads on commercials on television where it's violence against nurses, and I think there's one where somebody's spitting at a nurse and and the in the frame um, sort of pauses and, and you can see the nurse and they're just trying to help somebody. I think that when we, um, or I truly believe that when we um, expose things, when we talk about them, when we bring them into conversation rather than hiding them, improves. Um, and it takes it takes time. It takes a while. Um, and I just hope that in the future, when, when the students that I'm teaching now are caring for me when I'm a palliative patient, that they won't be facing those things, that we will have come a long way. But we just need to keep the conversations going and support each other. I think it's amazing how it's improved now. Oh, yeah, totally. Our healthcare system is improving. Oh, absolutely. It has changed a lot since I started nursing, a lot. Before mm. we finish off, is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners? I think you guys are amazing. I really do. I really do. You guys are doing such an amazing job asking such fantastic questions and being able to speak so well. You obviously have a lot of problems with public speaking, you three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're all amazing. And um, I'd just like to say, say thank you for the opportunity to come and speak with you all today. And if there's any um, future young nurses out there, male, female, it doesn't matter, um, it's not a gender-specific job. There are plenty of male nurses and I love working with male nurses because they bring a whole different approach because men think differently than women and um, all individuals have their different um, aspects of life that they bring with them into the profession. So we need all types of people, all cultures, all religions, anybody out there that's interested in nursing, please give it a crack. We need you and I'd be, I would love to be your lecturer. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Erica. It has been such a pleasure talking to you today. Live from CRC Melton of Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Melton Live on Live FM. My name is Erin and my co-hosts today were Alyssa and Izzy.
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.